Our leader will now share for 20 to 25 minutes describing what it was like, what happened, and what it is like now. Our leader for tonight is Karen. My name is Karen. I'm a compulsive overeater and bulimic. And uh, I'm really excited about Overeaters Anonymous. And one of the things that's been missing for me when I go to meetings is like this enthusiasm for it. You know, I mean, I'm not excited about being a compulsive overeater all these many years later, but this program works, you know, and I think the only reason that I'm alive, healthy, and well today is because of OA. So um, I'm I'm not really faking it till I make it. I know that seemed a little disingenuous. I don't really feel that way. I really do feel excited to be here. Um, I've been a mostly abstinent, uh, regularly showing up, service-giving member since March of 1985. So I've been here more than half my life, and that's fucking exciting. And for that entire time, I have not devised any wacky ways to lose weight. I have not had to fast. I have not had to you know, do anything insane with food. I, I haven't been abstinent the entire time. I'm also not a 100-pounder, which I let Scott know. Um, I, I'm down about 35, 40 pounds from when I came in, and it's never been there again. It's wavered around a little bit. Um, but I am a die-hard, low-bottom, compulsive overeater. I mean, I will eat to the exclusion of everything else. Um, what else? And I also qualify as a bulimic, which I talk about much less. So I haven't been bulimic for almost 33 years. And I've had about 10 separate segments of uh, abstinence. So my last abstinence dates from October um, of 2007. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and if I had to quantify it, it would be like, what percentage of my 33 plus years have I spent not overeating? 95% plus, you know what I mean? It's, it's been really a good ride. Um, if you meet anyone who's done it perfect, God bless you. You know, if you've done it perfect, let me know. I'll follow you around somewhere. <laughs> but that's not been my experience. Um, I don't remember ever being particularly normal with food. I remember really soothing myself at a young age with even things like with carrots with a lot, a lot of salt on them. I have two parents who, um, my dad actually passed. His birthday was a... a couple days ago, but um, two parents who are completely abnormal in many ways, and they are both eating disordered. My father was my eating buddy and a 100-pounder and uh, had a gastric bypass at age 65. Um, My mother is um, completely obsessed with thinness and um, being small, and, um, and how I looked was always really important to both of them, you know, and and how you looked and what you saw was really pretty much the facade that, you know, everybody tried to help. I grew up in a home with a lot of violence and a lot of drug addiction, and it was kind of like we were in this middle-class house, but you closed the door, and it was fucking crazy. Excuse me, I don't know if I'm supposed to cuss. Um, I... um, I, so I don't really remember ever being normal with food, and I don't remember ever being normal around my body and thinking about my body. Um, my father was in, emotionally inappropriate with me. I can look back now and say that I'm not a survivor of abuse in that way. But, um, but the, the relationship was with me, not my mom. And, um, and I think I, um, ha- you know, as a kid, how do you, how do you change that, you know? Um, so uh, what else do I want to say about that? Um, by the time I was in my 
pre-teens, early teens, I, my eating was completely abnormal. I was definitely overeating. I learned to purge at about the age 13, 13 and I've purged in just about any manner you can ask me about. Um, if you want to hear the details, you know, I, I will give it to you. And I'm grateful, too, that when I showed up here, there were people that talked about the details and the nitty-gritty because, um, you know, it's not polite, you know. Um, the other thing I want to say about being at a 100-pounders meeting, and this meeting was my home group for many, many years. I lived in the city from 89 to 2001, was that the 100-pounders were the ones who kind of took me under their wing because when I came in and I qualified as a bulimic, nobody wanted to hear about it. Nobody wanted to hear about laxative use and vomiting. And intergroup was voting on whether they should kick us out or allow us to qualify and things like that. And um, I, uh, I, but I would go to this 100-pounder meeting that was on Wednesday night in Reseda, California. I came in in Los Angeles, and the 100-pounder people would kind of uh, sneak up to me because you guys can eat like I can eat, and they would throw up so they could eat more. And so they would talk to me about what they did in terms of that. Um, so th those were my first associations. Um, what else? So, um, yeah, I, I don't remember ever being normal with food. Um, how did I get to OA? Um, I got here through the back door of another program. I landed in another program, and about two weeks later, I found my way here. I have no idea how I got here. I don't remember anybody saying Overeaters Anonymous. I might have looked it up in a phone book. I have no idea. But um, my, f I, I, and I think I was a mess. I mean, that's, I think that's why I don't remember. And um, my first meeting was at that Reseda Clubhouse. It was down some stairs. It was kind of a basement, but there were some windows. It might not have been that different than this, but it was really small. It was really dingy. They smoked in meetings then, so there was like this haze of, you know, you just sat with this smoke level, at, you know, right about here, and you could see it stained on the wall, and, and um, I'm very grateful we don't do that anymore. But um, my first meeting was a topic meeting, and I can remember this. I remember what the speaker looked like. I don't know if I ever saw her again. Um, and another young guy, he was 15 years old, and he'd been in for three years already and lost 80 pounds, was the newcomer greeter, and he spoke a mile a minute. I still know him. He's still in my phone. He doesn't come anymore. Um, but uh, that, and I remember that there was just kind of a wide variety of people. There was an old man who had just been diagnosed with heart disease, and he wanted to know what he could eat. There was an anorexic who you could see her knees through her sweatpants. Um, and, um, and it, actually, she's the one who broke me. She started talking, and I just started crying. I never thought I would identify with somebody who was anorexic. Um, so I went to that first meeting, and, you know, I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I, I still have this response at meetings. I come in, I listen, and you guys are telling the truth. You know, and unless I'm really trying to push away something, it's impossible to do, you know. You guys talk about eating the way that I did. Um, I had tried lots of things prior to coming in here, especially for being such a, at such a young age. Some of that was the influence of my father. I think I did Weight Watchers for my father, and we went on some kind of running binge together with my dad. Um, so, but I, and I don't remember much else about that meeting other than people told me to keep coming back. Uh, welcome if you're new. I missed whoever is new here. You know, please go to another meeting if something I say is not helpful here. But, um, I, I, so I, I kind of got that. I was supposed to keep coming back. I was supposed to go to another meeting. 
Um, sometime in that short period of time, I got a woman to sponsor me who was willing to hear what I was going to eat. Uh, she became my food sponsor, and I did kind of what I knew to do. I ate, you know, lettuce, cottage cheese, and grapefruit. That was kind of, you know, the extent of, you know, it was on or it was off, you know, and. Um, and her name was Beverly, and she still comes, and, and she sponsored for me for a little while, and then she said she had never done a four-step, so she couldn't take me through the steps. And I'd probably been coming close to about 30 days then, and I was going to meetings regularly. I, I, um, I latched on, you know, at the end of the first step in the 12 by 12, it talks about... Um, we hang on to this as a life preserver. I can't remember. I can't quote shit. It, I shouldn't try. And, um, and, I, and I, I, I think I did that. I, I think I came in and I, I, you know, you say, if we have what you want, and I don't know what that means to this day exactly, but I knew I didn't have what I wanted. And, um, and you told the truth, and it just resonated. And I, um, I was desperate, and I'm still desperate, 33 years later. And I have a little fun with desperation every so often you know I have fun with my agnosticism and I have fun with my desperation and I can elaborate on that a little bit but anyway so Beverly couldn't sponsor me and I kind of heard about the steps and realized there were some things you were supposed to do and I don't know if it was the next meeting or very shortly after that this woman named Patty A got up and she was fat and mean and angry and beat faced and perspiring and unserene but she talked about working the steps and I was like tag you're it you know I walked up to her and I asked her to sponsor me and everybody who's ever heard my story knows this she snarled at me you know I mean she was not a nice woman um, and she never did I was with her almost up until she passed and she was only four years older than I was she stayed in only about two years but she remained my friend but what did she die with more than 150 pounds overweight diabetes sleep apnea uh, peripheral vascular disease and eventually her liver gave out because that's what happens to us so the other gift that I am blessed with is knowing that this is a life and death matter to me Welcome if you're new. Perhaps you're not as ill as I was. Um, but I, I take this really seriously. This shit leads me to suicide. You know, I, I physically wasn't quite as sick as somebody. But I, I have to say, you know, when I came in, I wanted to kill myself because I could not stop eating. Um, I also... Um, so what happened? How did I get abstinent? And what did I do? I came in. I realized you're supposed to eat in, in some abstinent manner. There was all kinds of turmoil at that time around food plans, and we weren't going to tell anyone what to eat, and all of us were confused, and I was bulimic, and do I restrict, do I not? And I just began trying to eat in a manner that, that seemed like what I wanted to do. you know. And nobody uh, actually, and Patty wouldn't tell me how to eat. And I'm grateful she didn't, because by learning what works for me, I have found out what works for me in every other area of my life because I have found my way in here. I have found my way through everything else. And you can't teach me that. You can't give me my experience. You can't, and I can't give you mine. You know, so again, if you're new, show up, hold on tight. This is a good program. So, um, uh, Patty was my sponsor for about the first two years, and she had lost 100 pounds at that point, and she was working the steps, and she took me through the steps, and she pointed the big book at me, and she, you know, when there was one time I was reading it, and I skipped a word, and she made me, like, underline it, like, five times. She was not pleasant. Um, and she asked me to call um, three new people a day, and she asked me to do all kinds of things. I went to lots of meetings. If you're new, go to as, me as many as you can. I, I still adore meetings. I have... I've been coming long enough, and it's happened for a long time. I have a Pavlovian response to meetings. 
I sit in a room and I just get calmer. You know, I, I know in general I'm going to feel better coming to a meeting and, um, and my life works better the more that I go to. I still go to about two, to, two or three and I could probably use more than that. Um, so she gave me my foundation with the steps and then she left. Her husband got really, really sick, um, actually. And, you know, life is so funny because a few years ago I helped see him through a heart transplant. I mean, you know, I, I, like I said, she didn't stay in program. We stayed in touch. She died and I wound up being of service to his family. So you never know how this shit works. Um, came... Uh, began abstaining. I got abstinent from bulimia almost right away. My bottom with bulimia was really bad. I took a handful of laxatives and they just didn't work. I, I've done nothing here virtuously and without hitting something of a bottom, although my spiritual growth nowadays allows me not to do that. I mean, I, I can seek out change and growth without having to be in pain. I'm, I'm not willing to do that. I, I, I want to live well. Um, she took me through the steps, and then um, shortly thereafter, I moved up here, and um, I had a sponsor here for a long time, uh, for about 18 years before she passed. Uh, she moved her into a retirement home in Marin. And I've always had somebody to mentor me in this life because of OA, and um, my current sponsor I've been working with about five years. She's a bit older than I am. She's in the same profession I am, so I'm very grateful. In addition to the fact that I type in my food every night, welcome, you know, this is... 21st century OA. I come from pay phones, and now I email in a 10-step every night, and it's often just a laundry list of my food, but um, so I've always worked with somebody. I believe that I keep working the steps, that they're, I just keep going through them and through them and through them. I'm very capable of sharing, and I don't have too much longer, uh, about not talking about a higher power. When I came in, I kind of latched onto the God thing, you know, and, and held on tight. And the longer I'm here, the less I feel a personal connection with a God that's personal to me. And it started to feel insincere. And it was scary to let go of some of that as well, too. Um, like I said, I, I, I think of myself as an agnostic, and I put it in a category that my agnosticism allows me to keep seeking and to, ha to try and keep having faith. There's nothing scary about it for me anymore. I don't know what's out there. I know I feel different when I pray, and that's all I really need to know. Um, I do work the steps with my current sponsor, so I, I believe in the program. I believe in the 12 steps. I believe in the 12 traditions. I believe in having faith. I believe in keep showing up and doing this thing, you know. So again, if you're new, I haven't talked a lot about food and weight. I hope you heard that I was crazy and that I'm not now. Um, the way I eat now is pretty much three meals a day, no sugar. Today was actually one of my lousiest days, and only because I was a little bit lazy with it. So for breakfast, I had two of these crisps with some peanut butter and a banana. For lunch, I had a roast beef sandwich, and for dinner, I had a wrap with some carrot juice and a small protein bar because um, I needed to eat at work before I came over here. That's a crappy food day for me. That's like, that's lazy food day for me. You know, I, I do much better when I chop, chop, put effort in. There should be more vegetables in there. Um, I have gone from um, what I would call, I got like five minutes or something. Five to ten. I have gone from what I would call adolescence in this program to menopause. My food has had to change, you know. TMI, I know. But you guys already know. You know, I, I told you I used laxatives till my butt was falling out. You know, it's like you can know that I've hit menopause. Um, oh, I'm sorry to the new people. Um, what else do I want to say? Um, so, um, 
what else? So, yeah, so I've always just, you know, I, I think, I think I have, I think this is my spiritual path. I think I'm on a spiritual quest. I can also tell you that if I wasn't a compulsive overeater who was going to kill herself with food, I'd probably have no use for any of you, you know, but I, I have a disease that keeps me on the beam. Um, so, um, and I don't have anywhere else to go, you know, if you're new and you're thinking, oh, I got other things I can try, God bless you. I don't think there's a damn thing that's going to work to to both um, allow me to not overeat and stay sane. I, I just, I need everything we do here. The meetings, the sponsor, you know, the service. So, yeah, so I'm still working through the steps. I just started a little women's group in the East Bay with some people, and we're working on six and seven. The theme of this kind of meeting together is six and seven. My sponsor's going to it. Someone I used to sponsor is at it. And it's actually a diverse group of women that I don't know some of them very well. And it's good for me. It's good for me to show up and hear some new voices. Um, I meet with my sponsor once a month. I, I talk with her once a week, and I send something off every night to her. Um, I am your East, this, here's a big plug, shameless plug. I am your East Bay Intergroup Events Coordinator. Please come to the September 5th me, uh, marathon, 15th marathon. Um, I meant to bring um, any of the postcards. I don't know if you guys have them. But please go on the website. You'll fi find those. I almost always do service at a, at a meeting level. This is the first time I've done anything at Intergroup, 33 years without going to Intergroup. I think it's my time to show up and, be, and participate. If you're new, why do I do any of this? Because I don't want to eat. I don't want to go back to what it was like. I mean, it's, it's really that simple for me. Um, and I like contributing to the health of my groups now as the uh, intergroup event coordinator. Um, what else? Um, in my personal life has really, really blossomed, and my work life has really blossomed. I went back to school in, in uh, abstinence. I got married three years ago. Uh, I've lived with him for about 15, but I was never going to get married, you know. And, um, and we're doing good. We're doing good. I'm having a good time with him. In fact, the day after the marathon, I'm going to Paris. Not bad, you know. Um, I planned it that way. It's like <laughs> it seemed like a good way to start a vacation. Um, I, um, like I said, I, I don't know that I have a lot more to say. Maybe I'll say a little bit more. Why do I bring up the fact that I'm married? Not because it was a spiritual goal for me, but because I can let someone close to me. You know, that I can really let someone... This guy is really... He's a nice man, and he's really in my corner. And he has become my family, and we've taken, our, taken care of our dying parents together, and I have learned what it is to be part of a family. Um, it's not always easy. His dad was staying with us last weekend. Not easy. Harder for him than it is for me. Just like when my mom comes, it's harder for me than it is for him. But God, you know, this is a life. You know, I, I don't know what else to say. You know, it's, I, there's a lot of people in here. Andrea sitting here at me going like this. And I was like, I know she's been doing this even longer than I have, you know. But um, it, you've allowed me to have a, a life that is super rich. And I think what's really neat, too, and I'll end on this, is it is both serene and exciting. How good is that? You know, it's really good. So I'm done. Thank you. Thank you.